Hello Kingdom Hearts fans, and yes, the title says it all, we are back with some more Keyboy Rankings. Since I talked about making more Kingdom Hearts episodes this season, finishing up this miniseries will be the next logical step. And what better way to end this miniseries than by ranking the Keyblades from Kingdom Hearts 3? I can already tell some people are going to be confused by this. Eric, what about the Keyblades from Birth by Sleep or Dream Drop Distance, or even Days or Recoded? First off, I don't give two shits about Days or Recoded. And second, it would make sense for me to cover the Keyblades from Birth by Sleep and Triple D. But to be honest, none of the Keyblades from those games really piqued my interest. Besides, I'm sure most of you are very curious to hear what I think about Kingdom Hearts 3's Keyblades. Though I have to be honest and say, this was definitely the hardest list for me to compile. Like I said before when I ranked the games, Kingdom Hearts 3 has given us the option to level up Keyblades. Not only that, they can transform into different weapons and give us access to new drive forms. Or, form changes. Honestly, these Keyblades are so good that I might just call them my least favorite to favorite list instead of worst to best. Unorthodox, I know, but I did the same thing before with Pokemon, so I'll do it again with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> the rules will be the same as before. Each Keyblade will be judged based on their designs, attributes, and how you obtain them. And to make things fair, each Keyblade will be ranked in their base forms. In other words, whatever stats they have before you level them up. Believe me, covering them at each level will take fucking forever. And I'm only sticking to Keyblades that only we, the players, can obtain. The following Keyblades that won't be included are Weighted Dawn, Braveheart, Master's Keeper, Star Cluster, and Destiny Embrace. As expected, these Keyblades are only shown in cutscenes or used by our characters during boss fights, so it wouldn't be fair for me to include them. Though I guarantee I'll be the one million person to point out that Riku's new Keyblade looks like a giant car key. <laughs> Once more, everything I say is just my opinion, so please be respectful for what I have to say. I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and these are the Keyblades from Kingdom Hearts 3, ranked from least favorite to favorite. Number 17, Midnight Blue, Phantom Green, and Dawn Till Dusk. Yes, at the very bottom we have three Keyblades tied together, but not just any Keyblades. These are the Keyblades you obtain if you pre-order the game for either Xbox One or PS4 respectively, or if you're from Japan, 7-Eleven. I'm not fucking kidding. Japanese fans can get a Keyblade if they pre-order the game from 7-Eleven. It's so bizarre, even for my standards. Yet the reason why I rank these three Keyblades together is because they're basically the same Keyblades when you think about it. Especially Midnight Blue and Phantom Green, in which they literally look the same, just with a different coat of paint and particle effects to match whatever version you're playing. Meanwhile, Dawn Till Dusk is a bootleg version of the Kingdom Key. Doesn't help that they all give you access to second form, and they have the exact same stats being plus four in strength and magic. The only difference is that one gives you a blizzard boost, one gives you a thunder boost, and the other a fire boost. If these Keyblades actually felt more diverse, then maybe I wouldn't rank them this low. Number 16, Elemental Encoder. Okay, I'm kinda cheating with this one because this Keyblade wasn't in the console version of this game, but rather a Keyblade you get if you purchase the game from the Epic Games Store. Basically, it's a free Keyblade for PC gamers, yet it suffers the same problems as the pre-order ones, in which it has the exact same stats of plus form strength and magic, and you only have access to second form. The only exception would be its ability, Magic Roulette, in which it can conjure up any of the grand magic spells with ease. Honestly, the only reason why I put this Keyblade above the pre ones is because it looks cool as hell, with its black, white, and silver palette. It's also the closest thing we have to wielding Mickey's Star Cluster Keyblade. Other than that, it's another rehash in my opinion. Number 15, Starlight. Finishing up the Bomb 3, we have Starlight. Fans of the series will recognize this Keyblade as the default weapon for Union Cross. I guess we gotta please mobile gamers too. 
Though I'll admit, it looks decent and the way you obtain it is interesting. You can obtain it at the Keyblade Graveyard after you beat the Demon Tide for 100 time, or by using a DLC code when you link your Union Cross profile. Obviously, I stopped giving a shit about Union Cross, so the first method was how I obtained it. Sadly, I barely use this Keyblade because once again, this Keyblade is another rehash of the pre-order ones. So you know what I'm about to say. Plus 4 in Strength and Magic, you can only access second form, and the only real difference would be its ability, Magic Haste, to recover MP faster. The only other reason I have for ranking higher is because it has different methods of attaining it. Number 14, Crystal Snow. You get this Keyblade after being Arendelle, and at best, it's decent. I mean, this Keyblade looks cool, no pun intended. Blizzard Claws and Blades are fun to use when you're in Blitz form, as well as having freeze protection for an ability, which can prevent you from getting frozen. Makes sense. However, the one thing about this Keyblade that doesn't make sense would be its stats. You'd think having plus 3 in strength and plus 6 in magic means it's more magic oriented. To an extent, yes. But why couldn't this Keyblade let you turn to element form instead? It makes more sense when you think about it. Other than that, I really didn't find this Keyblade useful compared to other Disney World Keyblades. Or maybe I ranked it so low because of my indifference towards Arendelle. Hey, I did the same thing with Crab Claw and Mysterious Abyss because they remind me too much of Atlantica. So are you that surprised? Number 13, Shooting Star. Remember those days when we thought this Keyblade was Starseeker? I sure do, until we found out it was actually a brand new Keyblade they can get after being Twilight Town, which in turn, shits on Starseeker, both in terms of design and stats. Unlike Starseeker, which had the exact same stats as the Kingdom Key, Shooting Star gives you plus 3 in strength and plus 5 in magic, but I mostly like this Keyblade for its form change when you're in element form. Double Arrow Guns has Sora wield two twin guns and shoot magic pellets, meanwhile Magic Launcher hasn't wield a fucking cannon, though its ability, Magic Treasure Magnet, isn't too special. Unless you love collecting items. Overall, it's a pretty decent Keyblade, but you know there's better options. Number 12, Grand Chef. You get this Keyblade in Twilight Town after you help Remy, or Little Chef, and his restaurant earn a 5-star review on Yelp, which means you need to find all the ingredients to make every single meal on the menu. And on top of that, your meals have to be perfect, otherwise you have to waste time finding those certain ingredients again. But once you eventually get this Keyblade, it's actually decent. Having plus 4 in Strength and plus 6 in Magic, a design that really captures the essence of Ratatouille, and when you activate Blitzform, this Keyblade turns into a frying pan. Witnessing Sora annihilate enemies with a frying pan is both weird and fucking hilarious at the same time. Plus, it's not too often we get an ability that gives us a little bit of HP recovery after wasting all your MP, courtesy of Wizardsru. You can pretty much beat the game without this Keyblade, but it really depends if you're willing to put up with Remy and his culinary criticisms. Never thought cracking an egg would give me so much anxiety in a video game. Number 11, Honey Spout. It seems I'm not the only one who hated Sweet Memories, because this time, the 100 Acre Wood actually gives us a relatively good Keyblade. Honestly, the Honeypot design alone makes me prefer this Keyblade over Sweet Memories, but it has other perks. Like having plus 4 on both Strength and Magic. When utilizing Guardian form, this Keyblade can turn twin guns and a cannon as well, except you're shooting Honey. In hindsight, it does sound like a carbon copy of Shooting Star, yet witnessing Sora kill enemies with Honey is actually kind of funny. Hey, that rhymes. Also, its Harvester ability made it easier to find extra ingredients when trying to obtain Grand Chef. Again, it's another Keyblade you don't really need before beating the game, but if you want to visit Pooh and his friends, it'll be worth it. Honestly, you'll have more fun using this Keyblade than actually going to the 100 of Wood this time, which is pretty fucking sad. Number 10, Hero's Origin. One of the earliest Keyblades you obtain, and it's after you visit Olympus for the 1 millionth time. I'm sure you already know what I'm going to say as a con, but let's focus on the pros first. This Keyblade honestly looks cool, 
It's almost like a fusion for what Olympia and Heroes Crest had to offer. Stat-wise, it has plus 5 in strength and plus 2 in magic, which is good for an early game Keyblade, as well as having Defender as an ability. Speaking of which, Guardian Form is what you have access to, and its form change is Counter Shield. Unlike the Counter Shield you've seen in the Pokemon anime, Sora's Keyblade turns into a shield and can absorb attacks and deliver at double the power. That shit was fun to abuse. I also like its finisher where Sora rides a chariot and casts thunder spells on enemies. Admittedly, it takes forever for that finisher to end, which is another con I have, along with having access to better Keyblades later on. Still, Hero's Origin gets the job done. Now, is it better than Olympia or Hero's Crest? Uh, can I get back to you on that? Number 9. Favorite Deputy You guys know I'm a big fan of the Toy Box world, and the Keyblade you obtain after being it was fun to utilize. Having a great design that captures both the Old West and Space Operas, obviously paying homage to both Woody and Buzz respectively, plus 5 in strength and plus 3 in magic are again, good stats for an early game Keyblade. As for its form change, you go into strike form while using Hyper Hammer and Drill Punch. Both are self-explanatory really. Sora can smash enemies with a giant fucking hammer and drill them into submission. Did I mention he can also lasso them as a finisher? No? Well he can do that too, and it's fun as hell. The only things that bring this Keyblade down for me will be its ability, Lucky Strike, which is only useful if you're looking for more items. And yeah, you can obtain better Keyblades later on. Still, it's a good Keyblade, all things considered. Also, did you guys know this Keyblade was originally called Infinity Badge? Not sure why they changed it, but whatever. Number 8. Happy Gear After bringing joy and laughter back to Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully give Sora a new Keyblade to help them with their quote-unquote exterminating. Packed with plus 6 in strength and plus 2 in magic, a design that pays great homage to Monsters Inc. itself, a fairly decent ability, that being Focus Converter, and form changes that are fun to abuse. In this case, it's Agile Claws and Twin Yo-Yos when you're in Strike Form. Agile Claws is pretty much Blizzard Claws but with more power, and seeing Sora attack enemies with giant Yo-Yos is something I'm sure none of us saw coming, especially its finisher when you trap enemies with two sets of mechanical teeth and bite them into submission. Sadly, this Keyblade is once again overshadowed by other ones you obtain, but it's still great to use nonetheless. Number 7. Classic Tone. Out of all the quote-unquote optional Keyblades, this one is definitely worth acknowledging. You get this Keyblade after you get a high score on every Classic Kingdom minigame on your gummy phone. Having plus 6 in strength and plus 9 in magic is very impressive, as well as having MPH for an ability. Honestly, the main reason why this Keyblade is ranked this high is because of the aesthetics. It really does a great job paying homage to the Classic Era of Disney, considering you hear different sound effects every time you swing the Keyblade or when you activate its form changes. In this case, it's Guardian Form, and your weapons are Boom Hammer and Clock Drill, where in the latter, your screen briefly turns black and white while doing this finisher. Every time I see that, it makes me want Timeless River back as a world. Then again, that's kind of the whole vibe this Keyblade gives. Yes, this Keyblade copies a lot from Favorite Deputy, yet the sound effects make it more fun to use. What can I say? I love classic comedy. Once again, you don't really need this Keyblade, but I think it's still worth obtaining just for the aesthetics alone. Number 6. Wheel of Fate not only does Kingdom Hearts 3 give us a better Pirate's World, but a better Keyblade that corresponds with that said world. Wheel of Fate easily outranks Follow the Wind both in terms of design and stats. Design-wise, it resembles a pirate ship, which works. I mean, pirate ships are kind of a thing in this world. Stat-wise, it has plus 6 in strength and plus 4 in magic. Speaking of which, even though this Keyblade is more catered towards strength, its ability allows us to cast Water Zone, the strongest level of the water spell. Hey, I'm not complaining. Water is busted as fuck. Maybe Arrow outranks it, but we can debate on that later. However, I mostly love this Keyblade for its form changes. Once again, you're in Strike Form, but this time you have to work with High Wind and Storm Flag, where this Keyblade turns into a Hailbird and later a Flag for thrusting your opponents. It's so fucking cool! 
Not to mention summoning the Kraken's tentacles as a finisher. Damn, maybe Sora has more connections with this world than we thought. <laughs> as much as I love this Keyblade, there's a couple more Keyblades left that I feel slightly outranking in terms of quality. Number 5, Kingdom Key. Honestly, are you guys that surprised? People often shit on the Kingdom Key for its basic design and stats, where this time it gives you plus 4 in strength and plus 3 in magic. Admittedly, Treasure Magnet isn't nearly as useful as having Defender for an ability, but like I said before, there's more to the Kingdom Key than just being the default weapon. Yes, the Kingdom Key looks basic as ever, but it's so iconic. Seriously, when people think of Keyblades, 9 out of 10 times they think about the Kingdom Key. However, the reason why it's in the top 5 again is because of its form change. Unlike the other Keyblades that transform into different weapons, the Kingdom Key doesn't transform, except gives us access to second form, where Sora can utilize all sorts of abilities he used in both Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. You name them. Sonic Blade, Magnet Burst, Explosion, Ripple Drive, Stun Impact, Ars Arcanum, Ragnarok, and so much more. My god, this was a huge upgrade compared to Kingdom Hearts 2's limit form. For once, I had a good reason to use the Kingdom Key, and doing an entire playthrough using the Keyblade was well worth it. Of course, I'm not expecting anyone to change their minds. I'm just saying the Kingdom Key has a lot more to offer this time. Number 4, Oathkeeper and Oblivion. Yes, this time the Oathkeeper and Oblivion are ranked together instead of separately. For good reason. Even though these Keyblades are meant to be polar opposites, they both have identical stats and attainment methods, with the Oathkeeper having plus 7 in both strength and magic, and the Oblivion having plus 8 in strength and plus 6 in magic. For abilities, Oathkeeper has MP Converter, while Oblivion has HP Converter, which are both self-explanatory really. Obtainment-wise, you have to take pictures of every lucky emblem to get the Oathkeeper. Simple enough, but for Oblivion, you have to beat the game on critical mode for the first time, and let's just say, Kingdom Hearts 3's critical mode made me question all my life choices. <laughs> but in the end, it was worth it because I finally had these two iconic weapons in my inventory. This time, they have two exclusive drive forms for us to utilize. For Oathkeeper, it's Life Form, and for Oblivion, it's Dark Form, both of which allow Sora to attack with lighter Dark-based moves. But that's not all. Regardless of which Keyblade you're using, there's an additional form you can turn into. That being Double Form, where Sora can wield the Oathkeeper and Oblivion at the same time. I was like... Holy shit. Finally, we can dual-wheel Keyblades like in Kingdom Hearts 2. I hope whoever came up with this idea received a bonus in their paycheck at the time. Seriously, bravo. Honestly, the only complaint I have is that these two Keyblades weren't available in the base game. Seriously, it was a fucking crime to not have them around when you first got the game. And when you do obtain them, there's pretty much something for you to do aside from the Battle Gates or being the final boss again. Thank god Remind gave them much better usage. Number 3. Ever After. Starting off the top 3, we have the Keyblade you obtain after being Kingdom of Corona, and little did we soon realize, it's one of the best Keyblades you could ask for. Not only does it have a great design that really captures the essence of Tangled, but amazing stats to work with. Eric, this Keyblade only gives you plus 2 in strength and plus 6 in magic. How is that amazing? Hey, having plus 6 in magic is pretty impressive for an early game Keyblade, and if there's one thing I've learned from playing this game, magic can be powerful as fuck, thanks to this Keyblade alone. Not to mention having the also wonderful Leap Racer for an ability, which makes healing you and your party members a lot easier. Speaking of which, something that I keep failing to bring up are the shot box. Believe me, I love using them, but they seem more situational in this game than in Birth by Sleep. The shot lock forever after is honestly worth using. Shimmering drops can help us recover HP without using cure, and spectral rays can shoot beams into jewels causing more damage to your opponents. But who are we kidding? This keyblade is mostly great for its form change, which are element form and mirage staff where Sora's Keyblade turns into a staff and shoots magic projectiles, as well as create light clones to surround your opponents and add more firepower. And on top of that, Sora can summon his own tower and unleash multiple beams of light to attack enemies. That is fucking awesome! 
Honestly, this keyboard is so great, you could solve the rest of the game with it. I mean, just look at speedrunners. If you're looking for a keyblade that excels in magic and gives free recoveries, then you're gonna live happily ever after with this one. Wow, that pun sounded better in my head. <laughs> Number 2. Nano Gear. In second place, we have Nano Gear, which you obtain after being San Francisco. Yes, the keyblade itself leaves much to be desired, but the keyblade you get from being it is well worth it. Yes, this keyblade kinda looks derpy, yet does an excellent job paying homage to Big Hero 6, especially when looking at the details that represent each member. In terms of stats, it has plus 5 in strength and plus 4 in magic, and stun protection for an ability. It may not be the best ability overall, but hey, every little bit helps. Honestly, what makes me rank this keyblade so high will be its form change, Nano Arms. Even though you're once again in Blitz form, there's more to it this time. Calling this keyblade a jack of all traits will be an understatement, because in Nano Arms, you can pretty much utilize almost every weapon or technique from other keyblades, like Hyper Hammer, Blizzard Claws, Twin Yo Yo's, etc. Holy shit, did I have a great time using this keyblade! Did I mention you can summon a giant fist made out of microbots too? No? Well, you can do that too, and it's fucking awesome! Not to mention, it's finisher where Sora can leap into a portal and summon waves of microbots to attack enemies. Its shot locks were fun to use as well, those being Cubic Stream and Zone Connector, especially for any long distance foes. Regardless on how you feel about San Francisco, you can't deny how incredible this Keyblade is, yet there's one Keyblade left that tops it. And by process of elimination, number 1. Ultimate Weapon. What do you know, for once I'm making sense by ranking the strongest Keyblade as number 1, which just so happens to be the Ultimate Weapon. However, it's very ironic that I did this because if you recall, I hated farming for synthesis items, especially in Kingdom Hearts 1. Even though it was handled better in Kingdom Hearts 2, I can honestly say Kingdom Hearts 3 knocks it out of the park for me, because now they made everything as simple as completing minigames or something like that. This time, the ultimate weapon has plus 8 in strength and plus 3 in magic. I know, it's a little lackluster in the magic department, but considering you have great power and 3 abilities to work with, it's really not a big deal. For abilities, you have combo boost, air combo boost, and situation boost to make all your combos more invigorating than they were before. And I have to be honest, Kingdom Hearts 3's ultimate weapon has the best design compared to other games. Debatable, I know. However, the best thing to come out of the ultimate weapon this time is having access to ultimate form. This not only made Sora extra floaty, but can wield multiple swords on top of the one that the ultimate weapon turns into. Oh my god, it's literally Kingdom Hearts 2's final form but with another gimmick, and I love it. Not to mention it's finisher where Sora can summon a thousand fucking swords and completely eviscerate his enemies. It doesn't get more anime than that. Oh wait, it does, because I have to mention Shotlock, Infinity Circle, where Sora can summon rays of light that are powerful enough to rival Vegeta's final explosion. You know I'm not wrong about that. As expected, you'll mostly find the ultimate weapon useful in the post-game, unless you're playing this game on New Game Plus, but that's besides the point. However, it's definitely worth using during the Remind DLC. Seriously, without the ultimate weapon, I won't be able to beat any of the data battles, or Yazora for that matter. It was that helpful. In the end, the ultimate weapon can still be a pain to obtain, but for once it feels worth it, and I have no regrets putting it as number one. And so ends another miniseries. I think it goes without saying that Kingdom Hearts 3 has given us the best selection of Keyblades so far. Yes, there's not that many Keyblades to choose from this time around, and once again, Square focused too much on style and not enough substance, but for what it was, I'm glad Square actually took their time and made each Keyblade feel special. Now this makes me wonder how the Keyblades will be handled in Kingdom Hearts 4. Honestly, it sounds impossible for them to top this. Then again, we're talking about Square Enix and Nomura. They always find a way, for better or worse. <laughs> anyway, how would you rank the Keyblades from Kingdom Hearts 3? Tell us on our Discord server and follow us on Instagram at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all major platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you're using right now. Tell your friends and family about us, especially to any Kingdom Hearts fans you know. 
and show some love to Keith and Nick on Twitch at Nuclear Bacons and Kirkwalk Games respectively, as well as Carabai featuring our perpetually muted host, Tyler. Thank you for listening, and may your heart be your guiding key.